namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Hey, Dharma friends, uh, I'm inspired by your practice. It's almost two weeks, in case you don't know, don't remember. <laughs> it's so inspiring, really. And I think each of the teachers here is inspiring for them, because they have been through it, they know. <laughs> Three months, <laughs> all these teachers you see here have been really practicing, and all of you, You've been practicing, and it's so inspiring to see other people really practicing. So today, I would like to talk about four ways of progress and working with difficult mind states or emotions. Maybe by now, you are beginning to ask yourself, what you got into, especially if you have never <laughs> done six weeks. <laughs> You're wondering what's going on here. It's hard, it's painful. Is that familiar to you? <laughs> I know, when I was uh, here in 1999, the first week, it was so painful. And I was here, I'm going to, I was going to be here for three months. So, because I also, I signed up for New Year. <laughs> that means a New Year retreat. So after three months, then another New Year. So I was wondering, how is it going to be <laughs> for the next three months? <laughs> and add New Year retreat, I think it was by Rodney Smith. Yes, sometime, I think less than a week. But all the same, it was really trying to project what's going to be uh, down the road. So I want to talk about these four ways of uh, progress. These are not failures, in case you fit in any of the category. It's not failure, <laughs> whether it's slow, quick. So I'll draw from this discourse of the Buddha. It's called Vitara Sutta. Uh, it's uh, from Anguttara Nikaya, the numerical discourses of the Buddha. So in this discourse, the Buddha talks about four ways of progress. And uh, maybe you can relate to them. One of them is painful, painful practice or progress with the slow comprehension. Is that familiar to you? <laughs> Another one is painful progress with quick comprehension. What about that? Another one is pleasant, eh? like Pleasant Street. <laughs> pleasant progress and slow 
comprehension. Maybe some of you fit in this category. The fourth one is pleasant progress and quick comprehension. How many of you fit in that? <laughs> I wish all of us fit in that category. It's very important not to put yourself in a pigeon box and say this is where I belong. It's just pointing towards the way we progress, how the practice manifests, because you can switch. And this is not for the whole six weeks, by the way. Not for the three months you are going to be fitting in this category. You can change eh, from day to day, from one seat to one seat. But what's very interesting is uh, with these uh, four ways of progress, is not to take it personally in case the practice is very painful. Not take it personally. Or not to compare with others who seem to sit comfortably and really cruise in for three hours. And for you, within the 20 minutes, it's so painful. <laughs> so this is very helpful to know that different people have different what we call mental faculties, idipada, so in Indriya, sorry, it's Indriya, in Pali. These are the five mental faculties. And um, that will change also. So the first one is faith and confidence. Uh, the second is energy, effort. Some people have a lot of energy. They can sit <laughs> until morning, maybe 2 a.m., uh, maybe 11. The third one is mindfulness. It's also a mental faculty. Some people are very good at mindfulness. They walk slowly every time, all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's just different mental faculty. And then concentration. Other people um, have more concentration. Others, not so much. Others have moment-to-moment -moment concentration. Others have really deep concentration. Jhanas. They can even count. One, two, three, four. So it's interesting. Even it goes to eight. Some people are good at that. Some people are good at wisdom. They can discern details for elements and all these wonderful people. And I've seen it at Uganda Bud Center. My mother became a nun. She's good at faith. Faith and confidence in a Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha. And I have one other devotee who is a staunch Buddhist. He can talk and talk about everything, everything. But when it comes to faith, so much. So I've seen this happening, actually. I'll talk more about these five spiritual faculties, how to arouse them and how to sharpen them in my next talk. But this talk, I would like to 
talk more about what it makes it what makes the progress painful and uh, how can we convert how can you shift shift from being painful to pleasant at least <laughs> for a moment <laughs> and this is about uh, mental states that makes it difficult for us and, and painful for us very stressful for us these mental states are three of them greed hatred and delusion we can bunch all mental states into those three uh, states of mind or unwholesome roots or uh, unwholesome states of mind. Maybe to help you figure out how this mental state manifests in our daily life here at IMS, uh, we can start with something very familiar to us, the notes board. How many times you go to check at the notes board? You one time, two times, three times, and reading the same thing again. <laughs> we encouraged you to check at least once, but it's amazing. It's amazing. And sometimes I pass it and say, wow. <laughs> uh, how the no, this blatant board become a, a focus of our attention throughout the day. Usually there's not much that changes, actually. There's not much. There are some changes, there's no doubt about it. I don't want you to miss the board. I don't want you to, to say, yes, from last talk, I'm going to miss checking, check, checking. <laughs> Bulletin board, but try to be moderate how you check it. That might be an underlying state of mind which is called greed, hmm? stimulation. Try to really to hmm, to keep on looking, yeah, because we need uh, we read newspapers daily, and now there's no newspaper. Now there's a not bored. <laughs> a little bit of substitute, you know. <laughs> so check your mind how it goes. There is another mind state uh, that maybe you know already about is uh, aversion, anger, hatred. All these are same thing basically, giving different names. You can check, maybe today itself, how is the weather like today? It's too hot? Do you like it? Depends where you come from. Me, I'm from Uganda. <laughs> it's okay, maybe. <laughs> but there's something coming up, maybe a little bit cold, maybe in another four weeks. And uh, there's a tendency for me to don't like the weather. Even I can't do much about it, but still, <laughs> because I grew up in Uganda and I went to India for five years, I spent five years in Sri Lanka, I spent two years in Thailand, so I like it when it's warm. But 
for me, this is okay. But when you come from, wow, I don't know. We have 10 countries. Yes, I've been to some countries which is called, which uh, are cold. And maybe this weather is not good for you. And then there's aversion. So try to watch your mind state as you go through the day. Then there's a whole mind state called delusion, deluded minds. Do you know what that mindset is? Deluded? Some people ask me, how do I know that I'm deluded? Of course you are deluded. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, most of the time, as a teacher, as a monk, I've learned a lot from questions. People ask me so many questions and I say, wow, thank you very much for uploading. <laughs> because most of the time I download, you know, I come here and then go back to Uganda. I leave some stuff here. But most of the time when people ask me questions, I say, wow, that's a very interesting question. <laughs> so, what's delusion? A mind is said to be deluded when it's distorting reality, taking things which are impermanent, it takes them to be permanent. Mm-hmm. I'm angry for the rest of my life, for the last two hours. No, anger is changing all the time. So <laughs> that might be maybe a deluded mind, fixating, taking things which are impermanent, to be permanent. Taking things which are really uh, suffering and take it to be pleasant. Taking things which are uh, selfless, uh, they are of selfless nature and takes it to be having a self. Taking things which are uh, beautiful, uh, which are not beautiful and take it the mind takes it to be beautiful. In other words, it distorts reality. This reminds me of uh, an incident that happened in Japan. Cows uh, were dying because of a drought. It was a dry season. And they kept on giving these cows uh, hay. Uh, very dry, brown and very dry, so they didn't eat. They didn't like it. So what the Japanese did is to start manufacturing glasses, goggles, with green color. And they did like this. They put on two cows. (laughs) I'm telling you, they ate every single bit. (laughs) It's just amazing. They didn't even leave a blade of grass, which was dry. It's amazing what goggles we put on in our life. That can distort reality, actually. That can distort reality. Here's the good news. Here's the good news. Is that the practice there for us to put on the real glasses, not 
the green goggles, the red goggles, and all that. Because we tend to see life according to our glasses, our goggles, our prism. That's how we see the world. Sally and all of us are giving this series of practices that helps you to see things clearly, to see things as impermanent, as unsatisfactory, as a selfless nature, and also the talk yesterday, seeing the body as the body, not just through your goggles, through your lens, you know. This is very, very interesting. Now, as my focus today is about these mind states, I would like to tell you that life of a monk is not that easy as you think. You might think, wow, this monk lives in a monastery. Everything is very easy for that monk. And you might think maybe it's so difficult for you. But I'm telling you, it's not easy as a monk. Uh, uh, mostly when I'm traveling, actually. Not so much in a monastery where people know me. Like in Uganda, people know me. I have followers. My mother, they know me. <laughs> very easy. <laughs> they feed me. <laughs> we meditate together, chant together. It's very easy, but as soon as I step out, out of the monastery, life becomes a little bit hard. Mm -hmm. I have to practice in the same way you practice. No different. Not only in Uganda, but also here when I was staying in West Virginia for eight years in a monastery. I remember one incident that challenged me very, very well. It's very vivid when I even speak about it, uh, how I had to look at my mind state. Mm. I think that was 2007. I was scheduled to teach at uh, Spirit Rock, uh, POC, People of Color Retreats. And uh, I was told that I was the first one to break the ice, open the retreat, and give five precepts. And so I left the monastery, arrived at Dallas Airport with my arms bow. I think you have seen my arms bow. Have you seen my arms bow? I put it in the check uh, x-ray and then People told me, what are you carrying? It's confusing the machine. We've never seen it, you know. I said, what? You've never seen Amsbo? <laughs> it's that we don't know. Please, <laughs> bring it out. Get it out. I said, this is my Amsbo. I eat from here. <laughs> it brought a lot of problems. Another time. Somebody asked, we need to check you. We need to check you. And then I say, please, you can check. They say, please, stand there. Male assist, male assist. <laughs> I looked at the time. Actually, it was getting close to my flight to California. And this is five hours flight. And that was the day the retreat is going to start. Some of you maybe are on that retreat, I don't know. But anyway, what happened is they kept on calling male assist. 
there was no male assist. <laughs> so I looked around. I said, my flight is going to leave very soon. Finally, a male assist came. And I said, my flight is departing very, very soon. I said, well, we need to check you. <laughs> then I found out that I was really thinking about losing my flight, go back to Monaster, which is one hour and a half, and somebody just dropped me there and left. So it had the implication if I really missed the flight. So I start to think about the implications when I, I miss the retreat in California, how am I going to eat? So I had found out the mind was racing through all these mind states, you know, of fear, of aversion, and all these things. So male assists start to tell me, okay, please, I'm going to touch you. Then I said, please, it's all yours. So <laughs> but as I was thinking about losing my, uh, missing my flight and all that, my mind was getting tight and tight. So to lose it, my mind, what I did is to say, wow, thank you for the wonderful massage. <laughs> we all laughed, actually. It's amazing. We, it was all changing the situation. And then I thought it's over. He said, please, now sit down. I want to check your legs, you know. And then he was just doing like this, touching my feet, you know. I had socks on. And, and it reminded me in 1994 when I did my first retreat in India, in Toshita, there was a Canadian who was teaching reflexology. <laughs> and I had spent a lot of time having one. So I said, wow, this is wonderful reflexology. And we laughed. <laughs> and then another time, uh, he said, okay, I thought actually it's over the second time. The third time he said, you know, just wait a minute. Just step here and step here, step here. Wow, the memory came when I was in primary school in Uganda. We used to do gym, gymnasium, eh? gymnastic. Yeah? I said, wow, I've spent a long time without doing gymnastics. This is so beautiful. So we ended up the whole thing and said, thank you very much for the wonderful day. And then he, he told me that you made my day wonderful. So that showed me that actually we can change our situation in life. We can, we can change it if we want, or if we are ready. So if you have a painful meditation, it doesn't have to be painful. It doesn't have to be painful. You can change. You can change, you can change your situation. Up to now, we have given many, many instructions, many ways on how to deal with the mind, hmm? feelings. We are, we've talked about mindfulness. Can I talk about it again? <laughs> I think you've had enough of it. By the way, can you have enough mindfulness? No. <laughs> the more the better. <laughs> so the way you can actually transform hmm, your painful experience to pleasant experience is to be mindful of these mind states. 
that which are, which are difficult. Some mindf mindfulness states are not so difficult. Let's say delusion. After all, you are delude deluded. Maybe it's not so difficult. May also pleasant. Uh, maybe let's talk like uh, about uh, greed is not so painful. But it can be very painful, especially when you go through your day with this attachment, desire for the next seat, to be better. Not to say that you should not have uh, uh, aspiration. You should have aspirations, as Carl talked about. So we should aspire for the next seat to be peaceful. and But we should not get so much attached to our how the next seat is going to be and uh, and uh, get too much expectations and all that so i'm going to give you a few ways on how to deal with difficult mind states drawing from a discourse which is called Vitaka Santana Sutta, uh, which means which uh, we find in, in Majjhima Nikaya, is it talks about how to deal with obsessive thoughts, hmm? how to deal with obsessive thoughts that makes our practice difficult. But before I do that, uh, I would like to draw your attention to. So these five mental faculties, because some of you maybe you don't know where the Buddha mentioned them, but I'm just want I just want to remind you. Sally has given beautiful talks about Siri uh, about right mindfulness. Here, the, these are words of the Buddha. I say here in this teaching dispensation in Pali, because you know who's, who are bhikkhus now. A bhikkhu, dwell, a bhikkhu dwells contemplating the body, in the body, and it goes on feelings and feelings and so on. Ardently, mindfulness, with mindfulness and with clear comprehension. So there are three mental states which are, or mental faculties mentioned here. One is effort, another one is mindfulness, another one is clear comprehension, sampajanya. Uh, that's another way of saying wisdom. So, but the discourse doesn't seem to talk about faith and confidence as a mental factor, but it's implied actually. When the Buddha is talking about mindfulness, uh, practicing mindfulness and effort, it's implied that there's also what you call faith and confidence. How would you end up here without faith, faith and confidence? How would you start practicing mindfulness or breathing without faith and confidence? At least you know that the body is breathing <laughs> and the mind is aware that the body is breathing. That's faith and confidence. Hmm? The discourse, of course, doesn't clearly mention uh, that this is five mental faculties, but it's understood. Even concentration as um, a, mind, um, a mental faculties is implied. Uh, because how are you going to move from mindfulness to clear comprehension without concentration? Some some of people are complaining. Oh, I don't get concentration 
actually, there's what you call moment-to-moment -moment concentration that you actually develop when you practice mindfulness. So please keep on practicing mindfulness, mindfulness, even when you are, uh, you are experiencing very difficult states of mind. That's the first uh, way of sharpening and really uh, uh, making sure that the practice can be progressing a little bit faster, not too slow. You know? When the Buddha is talking about <coughs> these four modes of practice, he's talking about, let's say for the first one, uh, when he talks about when you have excessive greed, hatred, and delusion, and the, you, you feel pain and sorrow. It talks about when the five mental faculties are dull and not sharp. So you have to sharpen them by the practice of mindfulness. This is very, very important. And we have to reduce ex uh, greed, hatred, and delusion. That's what I'm going to talk about. But this is just a reminder for you. Because you are wondering why would the practice be painful, painful progress uh, uh, and uh, slow comprehension. That's the reason. It's slow comprehension because the five faculties are dull. And it's quick when the five faculties are, are sharp, are very clear with faith and confidence, mindfulness, effort, concentration and wisdom. When they're sharp, this, uh, it will be a quick comprehension. But it's painful, of course, whenever there's men mental states like greed, hatred, and delusion. And in the best progress, best, <laughs> is when it's pleasant and uh, it's quick. It's when you have reduced, you don't have uh, greed, hatred, and delusion. And the mental faculties are, are sharp, the, the five men, mental faculties. And its pleasant progress with slow comprehension is, of course, when there's no excess greed, hatred, and illusion, and uh, there is a, a slow comprehension when there's a dull f uh, five spiritual faculties. So I think this is very, very important, but uh, I don't want you to get labels, you know, yes, I'm a, a meditator who has a pleasant and uh, very quick, and you label yourself here. In the monastery in West Virginia, people used to label, put a label, <laughs> silent yogi. So this was to help them not to have discussion with the staff at the monastery. So here you are not going to hit the newspaper of Barry. What's the newspaper and Barry here? Maybe Barry Gazette. You're not going to hit the news that your practice is pleasant and quick. <laughs> but don't get disappointed. <laughs> no need to have levels. The keys, how can I make my practice, which is slower, how can I make it a bit quicker by sharpening the mental speech of faculties? How can I make it more pleasant by actually learning how to deal with unskillful states of mind, like greed, hatred, and delusion. And then you can uh, transform them into skillful states of mind. Now, there's a, 
A very common word that is used in English is called difficult emotions or negative emotions. This is a little bit difficult for me to understand, uh, but I understand experientially, of course, difficult emotion. But the word negative, I never understood why people they call emotions negative. Difficult, I understand. I've gone through a lot of difficult emotions, in case you are not sure. <laughs> you still want d my experience of difficult emotion before I give five ways of how to deal with it? We have time. We can enjoy the, we can enjoy the ride. <laughs> what difficult emotions I go through as a monk. <laughs> Because there's a tendency of people thinking that monk life or uh, nun life, monastics, is very easy. And for us, we are not monastics, it's very difficult. I tell them the difference between monastics and lay practitioners. There's only one difference. Only one difference. The way we practice and all that. The difference is that monastics, we don't have excuse to practice. That's the difference. We don't have excuse. <laughs> oh, you know, today I cannot practice because I was busy. <laughs> but you, you can say, oh, you know, I was busy. I have to, be, to go to um, wedding and all this, uh, dinner. I could not practice mindfulness. Yes, yes, you're right. You are very busy. Mm, I understand. <laughs> For us, you cannot go to your teacher. As a monastic, you go to Bante Gunaratana, you say, oh, I was busy teaching in Brazil, and I didn't have time to practice. Ah, yeah, you cannot do that. So, <laughs> so that's the difference, in case you're curious. Okay. I give you another experience in case you think it's easy. <laughs> 2006, I left West Virginia for Bangkok. Long flight from Dallas Airport to London, tw waiting 12 hours in the airport before I bought the aircraft. 12 hours in Heathrow, because that's a connection. Those days I didn't figure out how you can go easily, but now I know how to go. Anyway, 12 hours in a stretch, in a stretch. then I travel from London to Bangkok for a conference. I arrived at around 8.15 p.m. I went out of the airport, there was nobody to pick me up. I was wondering, what's going on here? Can you imagine traveling from Washington, D.C., London, 12 hours of waiting, and 12, another maybe 14 hours or 12, I don't remember, going through Moscow. I think it's 12 or 14. And go there, at, arrive Thailand at 8.15, and you don't see people waiting for you? Mm, that's something as a monk. Sometimes as a monk is very challenging when you are going to give a talk on how to overcome anger and it's arising. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> You're scheduled to give a talk. 
on difficult emotions, and here you are, you're going through them. That's a bit fun. <laughs> so, 8.15, I have no phone, I don't have, uh, I can't call. Then I stay in the airport the whole night. Breakfast, no breakfast. Oh, I, th I thought maybe they will remember me at 8.15 a.m. They'll be, <laughs> I look around, there's nobody. <laughs> Meantime, I'm really getting really angry. Not angry, hungry. <laughs> but I'm not seeing difficult emotion coming. Eh? Difficult emotions coming, am I going to be left here forever? <laughs> Are they and what am I going to say as a monk, you know? When, and I, know, I knew that monks, fellow monks, are the ones who are actually putting together this ride, but they have dropped the ball. Breakfast, no breakfast. So then, since it's a Buddhist country, and I had arms ball, they told me, go around and get some food. <laughs> So I was uh, getting ready to go out with my arms ball. You know, you can, you'll get food in Thailand. And then the person told me, wait, wait, don't go. The, the telephone attendant said, don't go, I'm going to bring you food. I sat down patiently, really, really saying, wow, that's amazing. She's going to bring breakfast. She came up with a, a sandwich with the bacon, which I don't eat at all. I have allergies to bacon, beef, and all. Basically, four legs. Anything with four legs, I have allergies. So she brought a sandwich. I can't say, please take it back. You see monks, we just actually eat whatever we receive. <laughs> it doesn't, whatever it doesn't mean that <laughs> they put bacon there, you have to eat. But we receive it, and then we have to bless people and all this, as I'm doing here. Now what I'm, I'm sitting, I'm very hungry and say, what can I do with this sandwich? I opened it and started scraping off the bacon. I was dry. I'm telling you, I ate it and I will never forget that sandwich. And I sat down, waited and waited and waited and waited. Meantime, I'm getting impatient. Twelve, missing lunch. I say, what am I, what's going to be my first word that I'm going to say to the person who has made me go through all these emotions? Worry, fear, impatient, you name it. <laughs> so I start drawing from Buddha's teaching. I say, yes, let me go through Buddha's teaching. What tools I'm going to use? It I was amazed. I found some tools that worked for me. As soon as I saw the first person, I just sent Meta. May you be happy. May you be peaceful. So here's a few things that I want to share with you that I thought they work. I've tested them. I'm not a person who's just reading the Tipitaka, you know. Uh, okay, his Buddha's words. No, 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 no. I'm a person who is sharing some of those things that I have actually tested and I've gone through them and they work. Okay, here's the discourse that works very well. This is called uh, 
Vitakasanana Sutta, the Buddha here is telling us that whenever you have a thought of anger, a thought of greed, thought of aversion, thought of fear, all what you have to do is to substitute, replace it with the opposite. Now, what's the opposite of greed? Generosity, letting go. It's, it works, just let go. For me, when I forget my umbrella in Sri Lanka, where I spent five years, it rains a lot. When I can't find my umbrella, I say, wow, may, you, may the person who's going to use my umbrella enjoy it. I just let go. It was always amazing when I let go. I feel peaceful. Hmm? Instead of saying, wow, I like this umbrella that was given to me by Guy Armstrong <laughs> and I miss it. Or... So I found out just letting go, wishing people to be happy, those who actually got my umbrella. Sometime I go to a monastery with Birkenstock. I go out and I can't find my shoes. I say, may the dogs enjoy my shoes. <laughs> it's amazing how shoes get disappear in the monastery in Asia because they have dogs and they like shoes for some reason. <laughs> but one time, one time I was in Malaysia in a monastery in Kuala Lumpur. I could not see my shoes. I said, there are no dogs here. This mona Monks cannot take my shoes, of course. And it was Birkenstock from German. Very good shoes. I like them. <laughs> I keep on getting the same thing, same thing again and again. And monks, we don't travel with so many things. We have only one pair of shoes. I was amazing. 10, p 10 a.m., I woke up, I don't see my shoes. 10, 10 a.m., I don't see my shoes. I say, it's not the dogs, it's not the monks who took my shoes. They happen to be a German monk who actually likes also the same pair of shoes and we just shared. <laughs> Code sharing. <laughs> they were taking me to buy shoes and it was amazing how they, they appeared. So anyway, letting go is very, very good. I had to let go of my shoes, and when they came back, there's no difference. When there's a thought of anger, what should you do? Meta loving kindness. It's better with meta. It's not enough. You can't say that, oh, I'm too worried having too much meta. People will take advantage of me. No. I heard that people are afraid of cultivating too much meta, loving kindness, because people are going to take advantage of them. I don't think so. The more, the better, the merrier. Hmm? Whenever there's aversion, send a little bit of uh, meta, loving kindness. With the delusion, you cultivate wisdom, impermanence. Uh, selfless nature of seeing things in that manner. When there's fear, what should you do? You should cultivate courage. 
courage. Have courage. Maybe you're afraid of pain. What should you do? You should have courage to maybe to extend a few minutes, maybe to two, two, two minutes, five minutes, and then see how it goes. So, substituting with the opposite of the mental state that you are experiencing is very, very effective. And I saw it works for me. Maybe try it. Try it and see how it works. The next one is, is called reflection hmm, of the danger of the mental state you are in, the difficult mind state you are experiencing. But I call it skillful state of mind instead of negative uh, state of mind. I say unskillful state of mind. Instead of, instead of positive state of mind, I use skillful state of mind. So this distinction should be very clear. I don't want to use so much positive and negative. I want to use more skillful state of mind instead of positive state of mind. Or unskillful instead of negative. Because this is a psychological distinction that maybe I will give a talk later. Uh, what's the difference between skillful and unskillful? That's another talk. Otherwise, I'll stay here for another hour. And you're going to get some difficult uh, <laughs> and skillful state of mind. <laughs> I'll give a talk on the difference between skillful and unskillful next time. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> so next method that works very well, you reflect on the drawback, the danger of a state of mind. Let's say it's uh, anger. What's the danger of anger? The Dalai Lama said, anger is only one letter missing to be danger. So you write danger and anger. It's only one letter, D. <laughs> D, letter D, hmm? is missing. <laughs> so whenever there's aversion towards your fellow yogis who are walking slowly, who are eating too fast or too slow or Mount Everest. You know, so many, many people. We are here together, actually. It creates a lot of mind states, you know, right? So, say, reflect on actually your thoughts of aversion towards a mind state or inanimate object. Reflect, oh, whenever I I get angry, I feel stressful. Hmm? I feel stressful. I feel unhappy. I can't sleep. When you do that, uh, the uh, unskilled state of mind can subside. This, uh, I can compare this with when you are driving. You're not driving now, but just have a sense of imagination in their life. When you're driving and uh, see a dry, uh, what you call a police, who's going to give you a ticket, what do you do? Do you increase speed or reduce? <laughs> what do you do? Everywhere I've been, Sweden, I've been Finland, I've been everywhere, you find people who will give you a ticket. <laughs> if you are driving very fast. So what do you do? You increase or decrease? Of course you decrease. Why do you decrease? 
your speed. It's because you are going to get a ticket, $50 ticket, and that's not fun. So the same thing when you have negative, uh, what unskilled state of mind, and then you are indulging yourself in this negative state of mind, what I call unskillful state of mind, and you reflect, oh, I'm going to suffer. Eh? This state of mind leads to stress, leads to uh, restlessness. This state of mind leads to uh, whatever danger you, f you have experienced. Then you can drop that thought like a red brick. And then you continue with skillful state of mind. Skillful state of mind, you, you continue to uh, cultivate them. So that the next method is reflection. The first one was replacement or substitution. The second is uh, reflection. So now, if that doesn't work, if th that doesn't work, you redirect. The, the third method is to redirect your mind to something skillful. And we have given a lot of instruction about that method come back to the breath, come back to the body, feel the body. When the mind's wandering, please come back to the breath, come back to the body. That works wonders. That works wonders. In my experience, I've already shared with you, you remember when I was at Dallas Airport? I redirected my mind to massage, to reflex, reflexology. So instead of thinking about, oh, this person is wasting my time, I'm a monk, I keep 227 precepts, I don't have a single knife, I don't have a bomb. I <laughs> instead of running this kind of thing, and it's easy to go through that, actually, because, I mean, what are you going to find as a, in these robes, basically? But again, I go to some places and they search me. Even Bhante Gunaratana, we were teaching together in California. He's a monk, my teacher is uh, now, I think, 90. But when he was 80 something, we went to San Francisco. They were searching and searching this monk who is not going to have a pin, you know. They think that he's carrying something, you know. It's not their fault. I'm not saying that's their fault. But just the perception, it's amazing. This perception we have that you cannot even perceive <laughs> who's somebody who's calm and peaceful. My teacher's pretty calm, you know. <laughs> They're saying do like this, he was doing like this and this and this. It's amazing. So redirecting your mind from maybe greed to the breath, maybe when you have a lot of aversion towards everything, towards your fellow yogis, towards the schedule, towards meditation, towards yourself. I mean, we can have a lot of aversion just about anything. <laughs> so you can redirect your mind, the breath, breathing deeply. You can do it now, okay? Redirect from my talk and come back to the breath, okay? Let us try it. And feel the body sitting here. You have done it. This is like when you are talking with somebody. You know, we are in the middle of talk and somebody say, Can I talk to you, Bante? Say, okay, just wait. Give me a minute. And then you look at Annie. Wow, wonderful meditation. So you talk to Annie. And you go back. 
things, you go back, what were you talking about? I, I forgot what we are talking about, eh? isn't it? So I think it has happened to you when you are talking with somebody and somebody all of a sudden interjects. So by the time you go back, it's not the same energy, you know? It's, you have lost the story, eh? storyline. So it helps. The Pali word for this is very interesting. The Pali word for this is called Asati Amansikara, which is very interesting. The Buddha talk about mindfulness, and he is talking about Asati, which is not mindful. <laughs> so pay no mind, literally, literal translation, pay no mind, pay no attention to unskillful state of mind. What I call redirect your mind to something wholesome. In a big picture, it can be taking a walk. It can go, you get and take a walk. Hmm? And then come back. By, by the time you come back, you feel fresh again. Hmm? So the fourth method that works also very well is redirection. I mean, sorry, sorry, it's called retracing. Going backwards and find the springboards. Why are you the person who's always having fear? Why are you the, why are you the person who's always having anger? Who's having difficult, uh, painful uh, mental difficulties? You know? So you try to go back and trace. Hmm? It happened for me in Thailand when I was meditating in the middle of in the middle of the cemetery. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see ghosts. There's no ghosts in America. Do, do you have stories about ghosts here? Not so much. In Thailand, many stories about ghosts. You know? And uh, I was meditating in the middle of the cemetery because I was very curious. I wanted to know exactly how a ghost looked like. Every time I would ask friends in Uganda, they say, well, somebody told me the ghost looked like this. I went to that person and said, oh no, somebody told me the ghost looked like this. And then I kept on going and going and never saw somebody who told me how a ghost looked like in details. So luckily, 2007, I went to Thailand. A monk told me there's a place in the middle of the monastery I mean, in a cemetery, you will see ghosts there. <laughs> I said, let me test Buddha's teaching. <laughs> let me go there. As the ghost is going to come, I'll go with my robes and take, go wherever the ghost take me. I was ready. Due to the frustration in Africa that nobody has ever told me precisely how the ghost looked like. Mid on the forest, meditating, fear came because I had the branches breaking and I thought it was a ghost. So what I did is to retrace. Why am I having fear now? <laughs> so I started retracing. I found out where the fear was coming. It was aversion towards uh, this lions and uh, tigers eating me and breaking me apart. I had a lot of aversion towards tigers. <laughs> and I kept on finding why am, I, um, why am I actually having all this aversion? I found out 
that actually <laughs> I'm attached to my life. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> it's amazing how much we are attached to our life, even as a monk. But I said, no, forget about it. If this tiger gets me, I've done a good job introducing Dhamma to my mother. She's a nun. She'll be able to hold the fort, you know. Run the monastery in Uganda. I'm ready to go with the tiger. <laughs> ready. <laughs> but again, it was not working. <laughs> I said, why am I unsettled with even this kind of... I found out, wow, ignorance. I'm ignoring, actually, the truth. <laughs> Then I was worried about dinghy and malaria and all mixed together. So it's just amazing. For me, there's something that humbled me in life. It's the mind, how it works. The, what, the one thing that is very fascinating for me is about how the mind works. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. With all good intentions to say ghost. I was racing through mind states one after the other, but retracing actually helped me so much. I found out the root, the root of all this stuff. And I was dropping the whole thing. I just dropped. There was no fear. There was no aversion. There was no attachment. Finally, the last method. The last method works very well, and I do it up to now. The last method is called resolution make a strong resolve wherever your mind states takes you every time you go through this mind state and then you make note of this mind state very painful mind state and you make a make a strong resolution in pali language we call it aditana aditana means determination make strong determination Nobody's going to do this for you, actually. You have to do yourself. Make a strong determination. When I was on, uh, at IMS, somebody sent me this card. I still travel with it. It's from His Holiness, the Dalai Lama. I got this in 2000 when I was at IMS. My friend from England sent me this card. And this card, this this thing you're seeing here, it has been with me everywhere I go. I read it and say, wow, this is what I need. This is what I need. And I'm going to read it for you. Re making a strong resolve works. And I'm going to read it to you. I'm running out of time, but let us do it. Okay, this is number fifth, the technique or the way how to transform unskillful state of mind to skillful state of mind through Strong determination every day when you wake up. All right, this is how it goes. A precious human life. Every day, think as you wake up. Today, I'm fortunate to have woken up. I'm alive. I have a precious human life. I'm not going to waste it. I'm going to use all my energies to develop myself, to expand my heart out to others, to achieve enlightenment for the benefit of all beings. I put myself included. I don't want to miss the boat as a Trevada monk. <laughs> you know that. 
Mahayana Theravada. <laughs> to achieve enlightenment for the benefit of all beings, including myself, I put there, you know. I'm going to have kind thoughts towards others. I'm not going to get angry or think badly about others. I'm going to benefit others as much as I can. Every single day, as soon as I wake up, for me this is like my meditation in the morning. In the morning, I set up the stage for the day. Here's a question. Are you going to get angry as the day opens? With this reflection since 2000, I found out, yes, you get triggers. But, and but, a big but, you are going to remember. And as the saying, the, as the saying goes, mindfulness is not difficult. What's difficult is to remember to be mindful. Number five, resolution. Thank you very much for listening. Let us sit together for a moment or two. The arising of difficult or unskillful mental states is beyond our control. But mindfulness, mindfulness, right mindfulness and wisdom can make a difference between being painful, being caught up in the thoughts, difficult mind states or unskillful states for mind, and being free from them. So Thank you very much for listening. Okay. May you have a pleasant and a quick <laughs> mode of progress. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.